You're listening to Confidently Beautiful with Sierra, a podcast to help you stay confidently beautiful because we all have confidence inside us. We just need to bring it out and I'm here to show you how. Body image, dreams, parenting style, personality, and more. Here we cover it all. Get ready to stay confidently beautiful. Thank you for joining us back at the podcast for our Confident Birth series. I am so excited because I'm not by myself today. I have a friend. Um, I have my beautiful friend Amy with us, and she is going to tell her story because I have shared so far my epidural birth, my induction birth, um, and then I will be sharing my natural birth experience, but I don't have a C-section birth story, and so I needed a friend, and so I phoned a friend, and (laughs) she came on, and she's going to tell us she's had two C-sections, but both have been very, very different, as she will tell you. Um, One was an emergency C-section, and the other was a planned C-section, but they both had um, differences, and she is just going to share her story, so I'm excited. So, Amy, tell the listeners just a little bit about you in general, who you are, what you like to do? Oh my heavens. Um, well, hi, thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to be able to, you know, be part of this podcast. I'm a super big fan. Um, let's see. I grew up in Arizona. I grew up in a huge family and moved to St. George 10 years ago, worked at Olive Garden, met my husband, a few months after moving here, and we were not interested in dating each other to start off with. Nope, not at all. <laughs> then we ended up falling in love by some crazy act of God, probably. <laughs> and yeah. and um, we have two beautiful children, a boy and a girl, a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I worked at a residential treatment center for about almost nine years and have decided this year that it's time for me to stay home with the kids. And that is a completely different ballgame. Yeah, I feel like that could be like a conversation in itself, how to be confident from going from a full-time working oh mom to full-time at home with the kids. Yeah. And ask someone else. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. I'm figuring it out. I don't know what's it. going on. Um, but yeah, that's, that's me. We've I got a it. dog too. Yep, Molly. Yep, Can't forget Molly. Yeah, <laughs> she's rambunctious like the rest of the, my kids. Yep. So it, she fits in the family great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like I mentioned, you have had two very drastically different birth stories. Yes. So do you want to kind of lead up to, let's start with Ty. Kay. Do you want to kind of lead up to Ty and yep. how all that happened? Yeah, so Ty is my three-year-old boy. He, oh, he is a ball of energy and was a ball of energy in the womb even. Um, well, I don't even know where to start because there is so much so to much kind with of him. with him. Yeah. So he was my emergency C-section. About a week before I ended up having the emergency C-section, I woke up one day just kind of feeling like I got hit by a bus. But I was also eight months pregnant Mm -hmm. and I had a doctor's appointment the Monday before I had him and I went in and I was like I just am really tired my back is sore I'm this sucks pregnancy sucks (laughs) right so we did all of my blood pressure we you know the doctor's like feeling around who's like well he's measuring good like he's probably just rotating because it's about that time your blood pressure's great you know, you're not super swollen. We don't really, I'm sorry, but you're eight <laughs> but months you're pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be kind of miserable. I was like, okay, great. So I 
went back to work that day. I worked the whole rest of the week, but progressively throughout the week, I was just like, I'd have to go home. Luckily, my job was very flexible. I went home halfway through the day and worked from my bed because this is terrible. Then Friday night, so this is kind of a... (laughs) A part of the story that I think is fun to listen to if we're talking about confidence in in ourselves. Um, Friday night, my husband planned to go hunting. And we're having this conversation of like, I'm not feeling good, but I've talked to the doctor three times this week. Like there's nothing they can do for me. And like, I'm not due for another six weeks. So you just need to go hunting and you need to get your deer and come home, and this will be your last hunting trip. Yep. And last we both, yep, yep, we both agreed this is the last chance. Just go. And he's like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Yeah," because like, what are you gonna do? You gonna sit on the couch and watch me be miserable, or you can just go, and I'm gonna be miserable either way. Like, I'm going to bed. It doesn't matter. So I go to sleep, send him on his merry way. <laughs> Saturday morning, I wake up and start throwing up. And I've got kind of a steel stomach. Like, I don't throw up easily. Even morning sickness with him, I did not throw up at all. Mm -hmm. So this is out of the norm. So this is super out of the norm. And I call my sister crying, (laughs) laying on the bathroom floor because I didn't even want to get up. And I was like, if this is what eight months pregnant (laughs) is like, I can't do this for another month. And she's like well, like, let me just reach out to some of my nursing friends, see if they think you should go in. So as I'm laying on the bathroom floor, continuing to throw up, I just had this thought, and this this part is very tender to me, I had this thought as if Ty was talking to me, saying, you're not okay, you need to go to the hospital. I'm okay, but you're not okay. And so I call my sister again, like, hey, are you home? She just lives a few minutes away from me. Hey, are you home? I think I need to go to the hospital. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm on a four-mile hike, and I'm two miles in. Like, it'll be 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, great. Luckily, my husband's family lives here. I call my mother-in-law, and she was just getting in her car to go to work. And she's like, I'll be there. You know, they live about 15-ish minutes away. She was at my house nine minutes later. (laughs) How fast she was going, you don't know. Yeah, Yeah. she was like, I got here as fast as I could. I'm like, Carrie, I believe you. Um, So she was at my house. I didn't even, I could stand up, but I, like, my back was hurting so much that I couldn't stand up straight. So I kind of, like, just waddled to the car. I had mismatching flip-flops on. Didn't put my glasses on, but I did grab my chapstick and my cup of water. Priorities, Yes, exactly. (laughs) I had my chapstick, my cup of water. I truly just expected the hospital to tell me, you're dehydrated. It was the end of summer. You know, it's August at this point. You're dehydrated. That's why you feel terrible. We're going to pump you full of fluids, send you home. That's what I expected. So get to the hospital walk in, say, hey, I know I'm not in labor. I haven't even had any Braxton Hicks. I know I'm not in labor, but I don't feel good. Can you just check me out? So they send, or they go, take me into triage, start doing the blood pressure. My blood pressure is still normal. 
And they're like, well, you know, like, let's just, we'll do a urine sample just to be safe. So I do my urine sample. Within a few minutes, the nurse comes back and is like, we need to do some blood work on you because there was so much protein in your urine. I was like, oh, okay. Weird, but okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, great. At this point, I'm like, I don't even care. Yeah, just make like, me feel better. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can you just pump me full full of the fluids already? Like, let's just go, right? <laughs> like, so we do the blood work. I forgot to say, I did also call my husband a few times that morning. He, of course, didn't have service because he's on a mountain. Mm-hmm. He did, luckily, about a half hour or probably an hour before they did my blood work, he got just enough service to get my text message that said, your mom is taking me to the hospital. You need to meet us there. He still to this day never listened to any of the voicemails that I sent him. He has no idea what I said. He just jumped <laughs> jumped he, in the car yeah like, like jumped down his truck he threw his whole camp together ran down the mountain he made it there about 30 minutes um, before we got the results for my blood work and um, I remember very distinctly laying in triage and having the nurse come up and hold my hand and she said Amy you're really sick really sick And we need to get this baby out of you now. And I was like, what is going on? She's like, you have something called HELP syndrome. It's spelled H-E-L-L-P. Don't ask me what it stands for because I've I've looked at it a million times and I still don't remember all of the letters. Look it up if you're interested. (laughs) But basically, in order to keep the baby alive, my body kills me. So... My liver had completely shut down. My kidneys were shutting down. That's why I had such bad back and stomach pain. Um, My blood pressure finally shot up, and it was just through the roof crazy. Um, Lots of protein in my urine. I remember the doctor telling me, I don't know how you walked in here. You should have been having seizures. You shouldn't have been able to stand up, all of these things. And I I knew already that I had a high tolerance for pain, Mm -hmm. but it didn't, like, really register, like, oh, maybe that high tolerance for pain, like, kind of saved my life a little bit. Yeah. Um, And so, basically, they were like, yeah, your baby is killing you, and you don't have much more time. So, we have to get the baby out of you right now. And... So I, as soon as she said this, I look over at Derek. He had got there, like I said, he had got there about 30 minutes before. He's all dressed in camo, which if you know him, tease him about it because we always talked about how <laughs> he was not going to be that dad, and he totally he was. Totally was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember looking at Derek and saying, are, are you ready to have this baby? And he was like, let's do it. So within an hour, I was on the operating table, and 15 minutes later, we had my sweet son, born at 12.15 p.m. on August 24th, and he was 4 pounds, 12 ounces, and his, um, for as small as he was, he was relatively healthy. The only thing that was concerning is one of his lungs didn't open up fully. So they gave him a steroid shot and took him to the NICU, 
and just put him on a breathing tube so that he could learn to breathe on his own. But other than that, he was very healthy, and I was the one that wasn't. Um, so for this emergency C-section, I had to be completely put under. I was so sick that I couldn't even have an epidural. Because um, for an epidural, you have to have a certain amount of red blood cells, and that's something else that HELP syndrome does. I forgot to say it attacks your red blood cells. So when you're healthy, you have about four to 600 red blood cells, when you're sick, it drops to like one to 200. I had 16. That was my count. So that just shows so, how sick yes, you were. Yes, <laughs> I was very, very sick. Um, and so I had to be completely under anesthesia. Um, this is the part that gets really hard. I wanted to do this birth completely natural. I had been doing birthing classes I was practicing all of my, I was going to do hypnobirthing. I was practicing all of my getting myself centered and in my thing. And I wanted so badly that experience of having me be the first person touching my child. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get that opportunity. I was, like I said, I was completely put under. So knowing that I wasn't going to be able to see him right away, I did tell the nurses Derek has to be the first person to touch him. Like, I, if I can't have this opportunity, Derek has to be there. So they actually let him come into the operating room and hold Ty right away before taking him to the NICU, which I was so grateful that they let him do that. Because that's out of the ordinary, Yeah, right? especially because I was under anesthesia. Yeah, because, like, normally in C-sections, then they're yeah. right, the dads are right yeah. there. But yeah. because, but you because I was completely under. put under, the risks are higher. And so he wasn't allowed in the operating room at all. He was in the room right next to it. Um, so he was able, once they did bring Ty in, he was able to be with Ty and watch the NICU nurses get him all ready to go to um, the NICU, which I love the pictures that I've got. He was smart enough. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes, for real. Yeah, he was, he, he was aware enough that I wasn't, part of it to ask a nurse to take pictures mm -hmm. and so I've got a bunch of beautiful pictures of him crying holding Ty for the very first okay. time which is just I look at all the time um but so I woke up two hours after Ty was born and if you've had a c-section you know a c-section is a big surgery and it can be, or it's incredibly painful <laughs> to recover from it. Um, but one of the first things that I asked was like, okay, like when can I see him? And they said, with like you just had a major surgery. In order to see him, you have to be able to walk, or you essentially have to be able to get out of bed. And it took me 10 hours to be able to get myself out of bed to stand up enough to be able to sit then in a chair and be rolled to the NICU. Um, that experience of standing up for the first time after my C-section is to this day the most pain I have ever felt in my whole entire life. And I almost passed out, but I was like, there is no way I'm going even longer without mm -hmm. even seeing my child. Right. I've, I saw the pictures 
my sister, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, obviously my husband had all seen him before I got a chance to, which is the hardest part about having an emergency C-section the way that I did is I was robbed of that opportunity that I did get with my daughter, which I'm so happy for. It's really hard to think that so many people got to see him before I did. And there's obviously, as you can hear as I'm getting emotional, there's still a lot of grief three years later around that experience. That's my birth story with Ty. Any questions, anything? I mean, you know me very well. Okay. Anything that I missed that you no, I think you covered it that all. I should touch on? I think you covered everything that I remember, but yeah. man, what a story. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've heard it before, but even hearing it again, I'm just it brings back all the feelings. I remember being so clearly, I was in Home Depot. <laughs> I get a phone call from your husband mm-hmm. and he's like, "Do you know any good pediatricians?" I'm like, why are you asking me this? Like, why wouldn't Amy be calling yeah. and asking me this? And then um, he and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, is everything okay? And he said, well, and he's just like very casually, Amy's just, she's having a C-section right now. And I just need to get a pediatrician. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, she's too early. And, and so it was just so funny yeah. because that's just so his personality. Oh, I know. Just Not matter surprised fact, at all. Just like, and this I'm like, what's up? What's okay, your wait, pediatrician's what, name? What's going yeah. on? And like, and so, but anyway, and I just remember how scared I was. Yeah. And I didn't even know the details yet, but just to hear. Well, it's so, it's funny because even when Derek and I still talk about it, we kind of talk about it still in that nonchalant of just like, matter of fact. Yeah, that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. We weren't given the chance really to freak out about any of it because everything happened so quickly. Right. And it wasn't until I got home from the hospital. So I was in the hospital for five days. I don't know if you even knew this, but a week later, my blood pressure spiked again. And I ended up having to go to the emergency room Mm -hmm. and was in the hospital for another five days afterwards Um, because I the blood pressure medication that they gave me, I ended up having an allergic reaction to. Like you hadn't been through. Yeah, I know. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) But we talk about it kind of just like, uh, like, oh, yeah, that happened. But it wasn't until we got home and I finally like had the courage to look up what help syndrome was Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, I almost died Mm -hmm. like Like, when she held your hand and said honey you're sick you legitimately were sick yeah like and I was just like no I'm just dehydrated yeah you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) nurse who's done this a million and a half times (laughs) you know but I still like it's hard for me to even connect of just like no I almost died yeah like that was a really really bad really bad experience really and lots of grief lots of trauma that has come from it looking at this experience I mean you were planning a natural birth yes (laughs) this is what you wanted yes and you were prepared I remember having conversations and you're like I'm gonna do this and I've been doing this class and this and reading this book and I was like wow she like she's ready well I felt at the time because we had decided we were ready for kids Mm -hmm. That I was like, I am a he woman. Women have been doing this naturally for thousands of years. I can totally do this. No big deal. Like, I had also, the Monday that I had my doctor's appointment before I had him, I had applied for the natural birthing suite in the hospital, which basically meant, like, 
no medicine, as few nurses as possible. I would be basically on a queen-size bed, and there's, like, a medicine ball in the room, and it would just be, like, me giving birth with my doctor. Mm -hmm. And I was pumped for it. I was so ready. And that my body doesn't do it that way. (laughs) So looking at that, I mean, you you were confident, ready for that birth. You're, you had a different, your body had a different plan. Baby mm-hmm. needed to come here a different way. How would you give advice to somebody? Because nobody knows that they're going to have yeah. an emergency C-section. So, like, now that you have gone through it, like, would you give a, to somebody expecting? What advice would you give to be prepared for something that could happen? So, I would say my advice is come up with a birth plan and stick to it the best that you can. Um, And what that looked like for me was, you know, if you take a class from the hospital, they give you that paper that says this is your birth plan. You know, these are all of the things. Do I want to keep my placenta? Like they ask all of the questions, right? The thing that was the most important to me at that time when I was making my birth plan was I want to be the first person to touch my child. When I knew that that wasn't going to happen, rather than just like, okay, well, that's not going to happen, like destroying that dream, I knew it has to be Derek. If it can't be me, it has to be Derek. And so maybe it's not like knowing your birth plan, but it's knowing what's the most important piece of that to you. So when I was able to communicate that, it was so much easier for the nurses to be able to be like, okay, great. Like we can accommodate that part. Um, the other thing that goes along with that is like listening to your body because I think as mothers, especially with our first kid, we have no idea what we're doing and we don't like, I put so much trust in my doctors and I'm so glad that I did, but I also listened to my body that morning knowing, okay, there is something even wrong. though you had just been I had, to the doctor. Yep, I had just been to the doctor. I talked to the doctor on Friday, mm-hmm. and she still was like, I don't think there's anything we can do for you. I'm like, okay, like that's great. I'll tough it out. I know I can. I've got a high, high pain tolerance. I can tough it out, you know? And I'm so glad that I like followed my gut instincts. Yeah. Listened to that voice yeah. that you heard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love what you said about so like your birth plan isn't necessarily like steps to do mm-hmm. it, but it's just what's most important to you. That's right. a really, really great way because no matter how you give birth, it's not going to go how you pictured it in your brain. hundred percent. Like never. There's no birth scenario that is going to be the way you envisioned it. Seriously. <laughs> and so I love that for all types of birth. That's mm-hmm. a really, really good piece of advice. So speaking of, we'll go a little bit more. We're going to do this in two parts. Um, and so we'll go a little bit more into like just a planned C-section mm-hmm. and kind of what you could plan for then. But do you have just any general advice for a C-section that you would just to be confident, like you find out, okay, we have to do a C-section just mm-hmm. so that the nerve, because the nerves are going to come. Yeah. What's your, what's your advice to be confident? Just like, as soon as you hear the doctor say that. Okay. Honestly, my advice, this might sound kind of weird. Well, I'll, I'll give two things. So my advice for any pregnant mom right now, pack your hospital bag at like seven months. 
Because <laughs> that's you... what I, I ended up having to have my husband pack my hospital bag because I didn't expect this to happen. Right. You didn't even have your glasses. Like, I know. <laughs> you were... I didn't even know. So the nurse that told me, Amy, you're really sick, was actually someone that, Abby Spurrier. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't I even had, register I that had you knew no, who she was. I recognized her voice and was like, where do I know her from? And Derek's like, that's Abby. And I'm like squinting like what <laughs> like, I, can't I had anything. no idea who it was it was one of our friends uh-huh. that yeah um so yeah pack your hospital bag early that's my number one advice because like you said you never know what's gonna happen but for me when it came to the doctor saying this is what's gonna happen it really like just take some deep breaths that's the point to just recognize you have no control anymore. Mm-hmm. And you trying to control it is going to make it worse for you. So just take some really deep breaths. Hold your partner's hand as tight as you can. And just say, okay. <laughs> and Just trust. And, yeah. <laughs> and just trust that the doctors will take care of you at that point. Yeah. That's good advice. Thank you. You're okay, welcome. So tune in next week because we are going to talk about your second c-section experience Mm -hmm. you're a warrior woman people say that c-sections are the easy way out no they are not (laughs) i haven't had one and i'm like no they're not (laughs) i've watched too many friends do it so you're a warrior thank you yes you are awesome but i can't wait to hear about your second c-section experience so make sure you guys tune in for that and thank you for listening Hi, my beautiful listeners. I am looking to mentor some people. If you have been interested in owning your own beauty business, please reach out to me. Send me a DM. I'm looking to mentor people in owning a business, whether that's just focusing on skincare, focusing on makeup. Maybe you're interested in starting your own podcast or some sort of platform to promote self-love and beauty and confidence. Please reach out to me. I want to mentor some people. So send me a message at Confidently Beautiful Podcast on Instagram, or you can send me an email at confidentlybeautifulwithsierra at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with me on Instagram at confidentlybeautifulpodcast and share this episode with someone in your life who could use a little reminder of just how amazing they already are. Stay confidently beautiful.